Hello, and welcome to the Bite Size Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Shiroki, and today we are going to begin a look at the Law of Moses. This is a brief follow-up, this episode in particular, to um, the previous two episodes, which um, basically addressed Jesus being the fulfillment of the law. Um, In part one, I believe it was, I definitely misspoke when I implied that the, um, the the law outside of the Ten Commandments was sort of a religious um, exercise implied by the Jews. That was incorrect. I always like to address any time I misspeak on the um, podcast in any episode. I always try to um, address again and revise and um, just make sure that I'm giving as accurate information as I can when we go through and study anything in the Bible, because I feel it's very important to, you know, obviously be accurate. And I also want to make sure that I present things the best way that I understand them. At the time, frankly, I believe maybe I should have, um, you know, read the law first before I did that episode, because um I sort of, um, again, I, I implied that the, um, frankly, <laughs> a lot of the books of Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, as well as Exodus, may have been um, sort of, again, religious practice, um, almost invented by the Jews, but that's definitely not the case. That These are all laws and a set of rules, practices, rituals, whatever you want to call them, given to God, excuse me, given to Moses directly by God on Mount Sinai. So again, today we're going to look at Exodus 19 is where we're going to begin. But from there, we are going to get into, essentially, we're going to go all the way through the books of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. These books would be considered the books of the Torah. They are the um, first uh, two to five, second to fifth books of the Bible. And um, they're definitely worth looking at. We want to get a whole picture and whole understanding of the God that we call our God and we serve. So it's important that we understand the whole character of God, the entire um, gospel of God, um, you know, he is an amazing God and he is very specific. He is very um, detailed in how he instructed the Jews to um, worship him and how he instructed the Jews to live their lives. It's it's a... <laughs> Just going through what I've gone through so far, there's so much wisdom, there's so much um, dimension to God that we will go through and discover as we go through these books in particular. Um, frankly, it's something that I've gone through here and there with um, you know the church I go to now. We go book by book, verse by verse, which is a very solid way to approach 
um, study essentially and to make sure that we cover every base and it's um, something that I haven't felt led necessarily to do that with this Bible study but who knows maybe after we go through again we're going to go from Exodus 19 all the way up through the end of the book of Deuteronomy this is sort of going to be like when I went through the um, the Sermon on the Mount Jesus's amazing sermon when he just went went through every area of life basically that you can encounter and spoke on those issues and how to deal with them in the new covenant in the way that he wanted us to um, deal with the world with ourselves with each other and um, this was God's instruction again to the Jews initially on how to do the same thing how to deal with life how to deal with each other and how to deal with um, you know how to worship him also and it's amazing again just looking at how this all ties in you know jesus again being the fulfillment of the law who was perfect who um you know he he took a he he took the law essentially and he he broke it down in ways and um you know he he stepped it up in a sense you know the law says you know to not commit adultery or fornication for example physically but jesus raised the bar when he said if you even look at a woman with lust in your heart then it's as if you've already committed that sin and we as christians know and understand that spiritual truth because when sin enters the heart then it's only a matter of time before it's played out in the physical realm but the difference between the old covenant that we're going to look at now and the new covenant that jesus um you know presented and that we live under now is the fact that the law again told us what sin is but didn't give us the power to overcome it jesus told us what sin is and then when he died when he died resurrected and he said it's better that he goes up to the right hand of the father because he wanted to send his holy spirit to fill us on the day of pentecost And from that moment on, it's amazing when you think about it, too, that in the beginning, God breathed into Adam's lungs and we operated on the breath physically of God. But now when Jesus on the day of Pentecost came down and blew on the people, the Holy Spirit, now we live under that new covenant where the spirit of God actually lives within us and in turn empowers us to be able to be free of the bondage of sin to not walk in sinful ways he conquered sin he conquered death and it's an amazing new covenant that we get to live and hey throughout the whole old testament the prophets the jews they looked for the messiah they looked forward to this day Unfortunately, they missed him when he came for the most part. Not all the Jews, but a majority of them did. And eventually were in the crowd saying crucify him when he was put to death. But all that said, thank God he fulfilled his perfect plan. Jesus came again. He was the sinless life. He was the spotless lamb, the perfect sacrifice Again, God requires blood atonement for sin. And 
like I started off season three with, he was the perfect lamb who died once for all of the world and for all sin. But like we talked about in Jesus being the fulfillment of the law, he, we are not called to walk in our old ways. We are new creations in Christ. We are born again of the spirit of the living God. So don't ever take that for granted. Embrace the Lord. Get into the word. Don't ever let the devil shame you out of prayer. Don't ever let the devil shame you out of getting into the word. Don't ever let the devil shame you out of going to church. Look, we have struggles in life. We all do. It's a process, but continue to seek the Lord and he will be found always. So without any further ado, let's take a look at Exodus chapter 19. Okay. And like I said, I'm calling this a bit of a follow-up episode, if you will. Again, a bit of a follow-up episode to the previous two episodes that I just put out about Jesus being the fulfillment of the law. Um, I guess I would call this um, the intro to the law of Moses is what I'll call it. And um, again, I just, as I was going through and I actually just listened to each one of my episodes just for quality control mainly, but um, you know, I feel like I misspoke and I always like to address that. And I always like to give, you know, as much accurate information as I possibly can. Again, I'm a babe in teaching, you know, I'm still learning as I go through and, um, you know, study myself. Um, I do have a lot of experience and knowledge um, with my within my walk with the Lord throughout my life. But, you know, hey, there's always room for um, improvement. There's always room for correction. And again, I'm someone who I want to present the Lord and his word as accurately, fairly, and, um, you know, as well as I possibly can and know how to. So I felt led to do this. And I'm really excited again to look at, you know, uh, this last remaining portion of Exodus all the way up through Deuteronomy have no idea how long it's going to take. I really don't care. God's put this on my heart to do this, and I'm really looking forward to it. So again, let's look at Exodus chapter 19. My uh, Spiritful Life New King James Version Bible subtitles this passage, Israel at Mount Sinai. In the third month, after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt on the same day, they came to the wilderness of Sinai. For they had departed from Rephidim, had come to the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. And how I bore you on angels' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me 
a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord commanded him. Then all the people answered together and said, All the Lord has spoken we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I come to you in the thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you, and believe you forever. So Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. And let them be ready for the third day, for on the third day the Lord will come down upon, excuse me, upon Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. You shall set bounds for the people all around, saying, Take heed to yourselves, that you do not go up to the mountain or touch its base. Whoever touches the mountain shall surely be put to death. Not a hand shall touch him, but he shall surely be stoned or shot with an arrow, whether man or beast. He shall not live. When the trumpet sounds long, they shall come near the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and sanctified the people, and they washed their clothes. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not come near your wives. Then it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain. And the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the blast of the trumpet sounded long and became louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him by voice. Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai, on the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to gaze at the Lord, and many of them perish. Also, let the priests who come near the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. But Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, Set bounds around the mountain and consecrate it. Then the Lord said to him, Away! Get down, and then come up, you and Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and spoke to them. So that right there is Exodus 19. Let's look at the notes for that section, and then we will go from there. God places requirements and stipulations on those who were chosen to be his people. This type of covenant was common during this period of history between an overlord and his subjects. 
The overlord blessed and protected the people in exchange for loyalty and obedience. You shall be a special treasure to me. This was what their relationship would be to him if they accepted the covenant. Kingdom of priests. God had complete sway in all things since all the earth was his and his obedient loyal people would have dominion in the earth. Holy nation describes a people set apart from the world, dedicated to the Lord God and his service, indwelt by his presence. To prepare for God's presence, the people were instructed to purify themselves by washing their clothes. In addition to this physical consecration was an implied spiritual preparation. They were told to separate themselves from those things in which they normally participated. Do not come near your wives instructed the men not to have sexual relations with their wives. Sexual relations involved their whole being and would distract from the sanctification process. Here, all Israel has the experience Moses had known at Mount Sinai. The intent is clear. God is coming to his people to give instruction. Though personal, their relationship with God will have definite boundaries. The boundaries were due to God's holiness. This separation can be bridged only by Jesus Christ, who enables redeemed men to enter the presence behind the veil. Amen. Quickly looking at that word, went up. Again, in um, Exodus 19, verse 20, where it says, Then the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. That word means to ascend, to go up, to rise. This verb appears more than 800 times in the Old Testament. In addition to the obvious meaning of go up, it can also mean bring up or offer up when referring to sacrifices. Furthermore, the whole burnt offering is called, it's called Ola, Allah, O-L-A-H, because the smoke from the offering ascended to heaven. And that has nothing to do with Allah or Muslim, Islam, religion, false religion. So it's totally separate. Just want to address that quickly. In Psalm 24, 3, Allah, A-L-A-H, refers to ascending God's holy hill by the righteous. Allah, A-L-A-H, is also the root word of Aliyah, ascension or going up, which especially refers to going up to Zion or to returning to Israel from the lands of dispersion. Finally, Allah is the root of Elyon, highest, which is part of the divine title El Alyan, the Most High God. And then I want to quickly look and finish up here with this brief episode. Again, this is an intro episode. This is a follow-up to the previous two episodes of Jesus, the Fulfillment of the Law. We're going to look now fully at the law of God and everything that it entails. But um, again, in my Spirit-Filled Life, New King James Version Bible, they have different sections called Kingdom Dynamics, which basically kind of elaborate a little bit on what's being talked about or spoken of in particular passages. 
this particular kingdom dynamic is dealing with Exodus chapter 19 verses 5 through 7, which we'll quickly read and then we will read the kingdom dynamic. So again, Exodus chapter 19, 5 through 7 says, Now therefore, if you keep, excuse me, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. So Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before them all these words which the Lord commanded him. And then looking at the kingdom dynamic section, it says a kingdom of priests worship in the kingdom. In these verses, the Lord indicates his objective for his delivered people. His purpose for their destiny requires their understanding his essential priority for them, worship, his redemptive goal and kingdom reinstatement. As they learn to worship as a nation of priests, they will discover his foundational means for their possessing their future victories. As one whose domain or kingdom he has promised, their restored rule from sharing to kingdom possession extends from their walk before God in worship. Israel's deliverance from Egypt is not only a triumphant testimony, it is God's timeless type showing his plans and methods for the church's deliverance and intended conquest. So that's pretty awesome stuff. That's again, just Exodus chapter 19. But I do think it's funny when the Lord, well, not funny at all. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't use the word funny, but I think it's interesting the way the Lord makes it a very clear point multiple times to Moses in Exodus 19 to instruct the people and to put a boundary and to say, do not let them come up to try to see me because they surely will die because no one can see God. God didn't with Moses. We're going to look and see everything that happens with Moses. But when it comes down to it, God knows and he knew he, he, this is the intimacy of God is the human nature is when we're told not to do something, what do we want to do? Which is the perfect, I guess, picture of the law and what it actually does to our flesh our flesh, when we're told no, we want to go do it. It's so dumb, but at the same time, it's what we would call our human nature. You know, the old analogy, the old picture of the parent and the child in the kitchen with the young child and the parent says, don't touch the hot stove. And what does the child do? Touches the hot stove. It's our fallen human nature to do exactly what we're usually told not to do. Again, when we're in sin, when we're in the flesh, when we're unsaved. And that's why the law, when you really think about it, again, how, how it says that the law, um, when Paul is really going through and discussing the um, law and exactly what what it exposed in Romans, uh, he, he is saying that basically the law 
told us what sin was. But the reason why it causes us to sin is, again, our very flesh and sin nature wants to go against what we're told not to do. It it goes back to our rebellion. It goes back to, you know, you can see it perfectly in the original fall of man. The original rebellion against God was God telling us, don't do this. But there was a part of us that, you know, unfortunately, we want to touch that hot stove. We want to eat that piece of fruit that there were so many trees that God provided. There was so much abundance. Yet, what did Adam do? He went and ate of the one tree that God says don't eat from. I don't laugh at that because it's funny, because it's certainly not. It's responsible for all of the wickedness we see around us. But at the same time, it's a bit just, you know, when you're saved and you're walking with the Lord, it's just amazing how you can see these things so clearly. And I hope, again, through this study, I hope you see these things as well. So... That's actually going to conclude our look at uh, Exodus chapter 19. And from there, we will pick up next time at Exodus chapter 20. So God bless and have a great day.